It's April 18th, and this is Reading Through the Bible Together. We're going to jump right in today. We've got a little bit of a longer Old Testament reading. It's always a little bit longer, uh, but today we're going to be reading through chapter 16 all the way through 18. You heard it right, chapter 16, 17, and 18. That's our Old Testament reading, so let's waste no time jumping into it. Verse 1. The allotment for the descendants of Joseph extended from the Jordan River near Jericho, east of the springs of Jericho through the wilderness into the hill country of Bethel. From Bethel, that is Luz, it ran over the Arath in the territory of the Echorites. Then it descended westward to the territory of the Japhlites, as far as lower Beth Haran, then to Gezir and over to the Mediterranean Sea. This was the homeland allocated to the families of Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. The following territory was given to the clans of the tribe of Ephraim. The boundary of their homeland began at Atheroth Ediar in the east. From there it ran to Upper Bethron and then on to the Mediterranean Sea. From Mikath on the north, the boundary curved eastward past Tenath Sileon to the east of Jeno. From Jeno it turned southward to Atheroth and Nehron and touched Jericho and ended at the Jordan River. From Tapa, the boundary extended westward, following the Kenar River, ravine to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Ephraim. In addition, some towns with their surrounding villages in the territories allocated to the half-tribe of Manasseh were set aside for the tribe of Ephraim. They did not drive the Canaanites out of Gezer, however, so the people of Gezer live as slaves among the people of Ephraim to this day. It's a mercifully short chapter 16, and we move on to chapter 17 in the book of Joshua, verse 1. The next allotment of land was given to the half-tribe of Manasseh and the descendants of Joseph's older son, Mekir. The first so, firstborn son of Manasseh was the father of Gilead. Because his descendants were experienced soldiers, the regions of Gilead and Bashan on the east side of the Jordan had already been given to them. So the allotment on the west side of the Jordan was for the remaining families within the tribes of Manasseh, Abiziar, Hela, Azurel, Shechem, Hefner, and Shimida. These clans represent the male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph. However, Zelophedon, a descendant of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Mekir, son of Manasseh, had no sons. He had only daughters, whose names were Melah, Noah, Holgela, Milica, and Terza. These women came to Liziar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the Israelite leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us a grant of land among the men of our tribe. So Joseph, so Joshua gave them a grant of land along with their uncles, as the Lord had commanded. And as a result, Maskinah's total allocation came to ten parcels of land, in addition to the land of Gilead, and Bashan across the Jordan River. Because the female descendants of Manasseh received a grant of land along, the, along with the male descendants, the land of Gilead was given to the rest of the male descendants of Manasseh. The boundary of the tribe of Manasseh extended from the border of Asher to Mikamath near Shechem. Then the boundary went south from Mikamath to the settlement near the spring of Tapha. The land surrounding Tapha belonged to Manasseh, but the town of Tapha itself on the border of Manasseh's territory belonged to the tribe of Ephraim. From the spring of Tapha, the boundary of Manasseh followed the Kanat Ravine to the Mediterranean Sea. Several towns south of the ravine were inside Manasseh's territory, but they actually belonged to the tribe of Ephraim. In general, however, the land south of the ravine belonged to Ephraim, and the land north of the ravine belonged to Manasseh. 
Manasseh's boundary ran along the northern side of the ravine and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. North of Manasseh was the territory of Asher, and to the east was the territory of Issachar. The following towns within the territory of Issachar and Asher, however, were given to Manasseh, Beth Shean, Ebalah, Dor, that is Nebath Dor, Endor, Tenekah, and Megadeh, each with their surrounding settlements. But the descendants of Manasseh were unable to occupy these towns because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. Later, however, when the Israelites became strong enough, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they did not drive them out of the land. The descendants of Joseph came to Joshua and asked, Why have you given us only one portion of the land as our homeland when the Lord has blessed us with so many people? Joshua replied, If there are so many of you, and if the hill country of Ephraim is not large enough for you, clear out land for yourselves in the forest where the Prezerites and Raphaites live. The descendants of Joseph responded, It's true that the hill country is not large enough for us, but all the Canaanites in the lowlands have iron chariots, both those in Bethshean and its surrounding settlements, and those in the valley of Jezreel. They are too strong for us. Then Joshua said to the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph, Since you are so large and strong, you will be given more than one portion. The forest of the hill country will be yours as well. Clear as much of the land as you wish, and take possession of its farthest corners. And you will drive out the Canaanites from the valleys too, even though they are strong and have iron chariots. Chapter 18, verse 1. Now that the land was under Israelite control, the entire community of Israel gathered at Shelah and set up the tabernacle. But there remained seven tribes who had not yet been allotted their grants of land. Then Joshua asked them, How long are you going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord your God of your ancestors has given to you? Select three men from each tribe, and I will send them out to explore the land and map it out. They will then return to me with a written report of their proposed divisions of their new homeland. Let them divide the land into seven sections, excluding Judah's territory in the south and Joseph's territory in the north. And when you record the seven divisions of land and bring them to me, I will cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord our God to assign land to each tribe. The Levites, however, will not receive any allotment of land. Their role as priests of the Lord is their allotment. And the tribes of Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh won't receive any more land, for they have already received their grants of land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them on the east side of the Jordan River. As the men started on their way to map out the land, Joseph commanded them, Go and explore the land and write a description of it. Then return to me, and I will assign the land to the tribes by casting sacred lots here in the presence of the Lord at Selah. The men did as they were told and mapped the entire territory into seven sections, listing the towns in each section. They made a written record and then returned to Joshua in the camp at Selah. And there at Shelah, Joshua cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord to determine which tribe should have each section. The first allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. It lay between the territory assigned to the tribes of Judah and Joseph. The northern boundary of Benjamin's land began at the Jordan River and went north of the slope of Jericho, then west of the hill country in the wilderness of Bethaven. From there, the boundary went south of Luz, that is Bethel, and proceeded down to Adoth Ediar on the hill that lies south of lower Beth Haran. The boundary then made a turn and swung south along the western edge of the hill facing Beth Haran ending at the village of Kareth Baal, that is Kareth Jiriam, a town belonging to the tribe of Judah. This was the western boundary. The southern boundary began at the outskirts of Kareth Jiram from the, that western point. It ran to the springs at the waters of Nepathta, 
and down to the base of the mountain beside the valley of Ben-Himmon, at the northern end of the valley of Refin. From there, it went down the valley of Hinnon, crossing south of the slope where the Jebusites lived, and continued down to En-Rogel. From En-Rogel, the boundary proceeded in a northerly direction and came to En-Sheshemin on to Gilgalf, which is across from the slopes of Ottoman. And then it went down from the stone of Boham. Boham was Reuben's son. From there, it passed along the north side of the slope, overlooking the Jordan Valley. The border then went down into the valley, ran past the north slope of Beth Hogan, and ended at the north bay at the Dead Sea, which is the southern end of the Jordan River. This was the southern boundary. The eastern boundary was the Jordan River. These were the boundaries of the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. These were the towns given to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. Jericho, Beth Hogan, Imazak Kezes, Beth Arahabab, Zephim, Bethel, Avam, Para Ophra, Keper, Emenoni, Ophini, and Geba. Twelve towns with their surrounding villages, also Gibeon, Reuben, Rumah, Beroth, Mizpah, Kerapah, Mozah, Rechman, Irpil, Terlorah, Zela, Halifa, the Jebusite town that is Jerusalem, Giba, and Kareth Jerium, fourteen towns with their surrounding villages. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. That concludes our Old Testament reading. That was a monster. Moving on to the New Testament. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 27. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way to the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Now, just a little bit of context. Uh, verses 1 and 2 there, Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. Tax collectors were very hated by the Jewish people because they made a deal with the Roman Empire. So they were basically trading, uh, you know, they're, they're traders to their own people. They would go in and they would forcibly, if need be, uh, take taxes from the Jewish people. And then they, they, they were allowed to add on whatever they wanted to add on. Uh, and then that would be their pay. So this guy has been made rich uh, by extorting from his own people. So he's, he's not a very well-liked person that we meet here in verses 1 and 2 name Zacchaeus. Verse 3. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his house in great excitement and joy. We see here Jesus is a friend of sinners. He comes and he so he's the worst of the worst, and he says, I want to come to your house. That's what the gospel is all about. See, it's it's being made right with God, not based upon what we've done, but based upon what he's done. He invites sinners to come, accept, and trust him. And when we trust in him, we trust that his perfect life and death was atoning for our sin. And his righteousness has now been imputed or given to us so that we can now be in the presence of God and be kingdom citizens ourselves and have a future hope to look forward to. When we accept and trust that, then we can enter into a life uh, where we begin to experience salvation, find peace, know our purpose, and live fulfilled ultimately. And that's exactly what we see going on here in this New Testament story. Verse 7. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of this notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. 
The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, A nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you. So you'll be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You'll be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with by taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I am a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. That concludes our old, or sorry, New Testament reading for today. Don't waste your life, friends. Invest what God has given you for his glory and his kingdom. Moving on to our proverb of the day, Proverbs chapter 13, 11. It says, wealth from get rich squeam, squeams, my goodness. Let's try this again. How about that? Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes, quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Don't take the easy route when it comes to your finances, my friends. God's got a very simple plan. Work hard. And uh, and and we're all looking for the easy way. But that money comes and goes quick. We're going to be praying through the 87th Psalm together today. It's seven verses, so we will get to pray through it like we like to. Let's just read a little bit, and as the Lord leads me, I'll pray. And I'd encourage you to do the same. Uh, as the Lord would lead you. Psalm 87. A psalm. A psalm of the descendants of Korah. Verse 1. On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you. Interlude. I will count Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, also Philistine and Tyre and even distant Ethiopia. They have all become citizens of Jerusalem. Regarding Jerusalem, it will be said, everyone enjoys the right of citizenship here, and the Most High will personally bless the city. When the Lord registers the nations, he will say, they have all become citizens of Jerusalem. Interlude. The people will play flutes and sing. The source of my life springs from Jerusalem. Lord, we know that Jerusalem is a representation of what in the New Testament is the kingdom of God, that we will all be citizens of Jerusalem, in a sense. And uh, Lord, thanks to your son Jesus, we get to be in this uh, amazing kingdom. And Lord, while right now the kingdom of death is still here and we're in the already but not yet, and we anxiously await the day in which it's fully culminated, Lord, we will sing and praise you now for what you've given us. And we know that we have an eternity of singing and praising you and enjoying your creation and enjoying you ahead of us. 
because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. Lord, I pray that anybody who hasn't trusted in that would trust in that today. And I pray that you would encourage and strengthen those who are, like me, trusting in Jesus the best we can. And um, Lord, I just pray for anybody specifically who's tired and maybe weary in their faith or losing faith, God. Strengthen them as only you can. Show them uh, what they have that is to be praised and the, the glorious hope that is to come for them in Jesus. Lord, we pray this in the one name that all other kings bow down to, and that is the name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, that concludes our reading for today. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.